It's time for the podcast that features two guys that register on the Richter scale when they go up and down the stairs. It's the Morning Five, sponsored by the Parian Lawyers. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <gasps> His ability to suck in these balls. <gasps> Sounds like a case of the Mondays. Grab your balls. <gasps> When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. Good morning, West Georgia! And welcome into the Morning 5 podcast for Monday, October 9th. Billy, today is Columbus Day. Who's Columbus? Uh, I think it's an old, old wooden ship. Ah, that makes sense. Yes, yeah. yeah, I believe it's an old wooden ship that came over, uh, and it was uh, Captain by Captain Mayflower, if I'm not mistaken. Ooh, that Captain Mayflower sounds important. He is very important. He started a very delicious chain of restaurants uh, here in the southeast of uh, the seafood restaurants. They were very good back in the day. Oh, okay. That sounds that's fun. I wonder if that was a chain. There used to be a seafood restaurant up in North Carolina that we ate at a lot called Mayflower. I wonder if that was a chain or I wonder if that was just North Carolina thing. I've never heard of it in my yeah, life. Yeah, I've never oh. seen I've never seen them anywhere else. I wonder if that was just like a, a, a one one place down there um, and not a chain. I thought it was a chain. Hold on, we'll figure that we'll figure this mystery out uh, right here on air. May hey, uh, real quick before he gets he he finds that out. Um, I want to give a big shout out to our our title sponsor, the Perry and Lawyers. Uh, I have hired them for some personal reasons, and they have done a phenomenal job. And I wanted to thank them profusely. Um, Perry and Lawyers have been amazing from start to finish, and just wanted to shout out Perry and Lawyers. Shout out! Shout out! Uh, so it looks like there's one in Georgia and it's in Athens, uh, but they are mostly just in North Carolina. Okay. I didn't know this Matt's, place. Matt's probably seen it. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there's one, there's one eh, pretty close to where Matt lives. So yeah, it's just North Carolina thing. Uh, Billy, today is also International Beer in Pizza Day. Oh, this is right up your alley, buddy. So my <laughs> my question here is: It's International Pizza Beer. In, <clears throat> excuse me, International Beer and Pizza Day. Do I? Does that mean I have to drink international beer and eat international pizza, or can I drink an American beer and eat an American pizza on International Beer and Pizza Day? Obviously, because you're American, you can do the American pizza and American beer. Okay, but it's International Day, meaning. The world is celebrating beer and pizza day. But th- th- that doesn't mean I have to eat pizza like all the, the goofy other countries do. No. Because no, no, pizza no, no, in no. other countries is vastly different than the pizza here in America. Oh, yes, it is. It's uh, a- Italian-style, legit Italian-style pizza uh, is very odd. Um, it's good in its own right, but it is quite different from the delicious normal Marco's or Domino's or Pizza Hut or Papa John's pizza that we enjoy here. Um, it's uh, the raw egg, really. Giovanni's. That, that really threw me off. I've never had Giovanni's pizza. Huh, you're missing out. The, Pretty good. Yeah, that's what that's what uh, that's what um that's what Eric said. Did he, oh no, Eric had the did he have pizza? I think he had the pizza. I don't. I was they, if they. I don't like New York. I don't like New York style pizza though. I'm not a big. I'm not. I'm not as big of a fan as that it's, as I am Chicago. Oh, it's not. No. Oh. All right. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Okay. 
promise. I, I like Chicago style, but I only like Chicago style when I can sit down and eat it. You know what I mean? Like Chicago style pizza is not something you eat on the go. That's a uh, no. That is a, no. that is a that is a sit down for like thirty minutes and make sure you have a a sturdy plate and a nice sharp uh, uh, metal fork, like um, and knife and knife. Yes, <laughs> yeah. There that that place in Douglasville does a really good uh, Chicago style pizza. Uh, can't remember the name yeah, of it. You now. keep saying that, and I can't. I, I keep forgetting to go there. Oh man, yeah, it's it, they do it. They do a really good one. It's it's very expensive and it takes a long time to make. Um, so if you want a if you want a Chicago style pizza from uh, that place in Douglasville, I would suggest ordering it quite early. Um, and it is going to be expensive, but you can eat on it for a very very long time. I, I forget the name of it, but it's re- it's really good. It's across from Blue Agave, um, and it's across from Aldi over in uh, Douglasville. Billy, this past weekend, we get uh, two victories and one defeat for our Atlanta teams. Uh, Falcons beat the Texans 21-19. to Desmond Ritter, man, have a game, son. 28 for 37, 329 yards, one tutty, no interceptions. The biggest thing I think I saw out of Desmond Ritter is zero sacks. And he led the, he led the game-winning drive, and he played really, really well this past weekend. Yeah, as much crap as we've given him over the past week, Desmond Ritter played phenomenal. Uh, you gotta, you gotta give it up to him. Um, I think he heard a lot of critics over the last couple, over the last couple of weeks, how how bad he's played against, you know, against Jacksonville and Detroit. But how he did this week was really, really impressive. Houston's defense is is probably middle of the road. I would say, sure, Bryce. Would you say that? Very good pass rush too um, from from, uh, yeah. from yeah. But he he played very very well against them, and I was really impressed. So I'll I'll take it. You know, it's it's a dub in, in the NFL for you know it's one week, but um, I would like to see a little bit more consistency out of him. So I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not happy with his performance. I just want to see a little bit more. I no, I agree with you. I think he deserved all the criticism that he's received over the past couple of weeks because of his play. He has played like Poupe, uh, but he yep. also deserves the praise that he should get after the Texans game because he played very, very well. Uh, one game does not make a season. And I, I'd like to see Desmond Ritter string a couple of these games together. I, I know he has that ability. I just don't know if he can. Uh, he, like I said, he played, played, played amazing. I mean, over 300 passing yards. Yeah, that's pretty, uh, Bijan and Algier combined for 32 touches for 98 yards and one tud. I'd like to see the yards per touches increase a bit, but they both did a great job of getting what was needed when it was needed and getting the most out of a lot of those runs that didn't have great blocking. I mean, you know, a lot of those times that Algier and Bijan got the ball out of the backfield, there wasn't much at all, and both of them got what they could get. You know, they, they turned what probably should have been negative runs into positive runs. Now, maybe it was just for two or three yards, but still, I think they did a very good job of taking what the defense was giving them, putting their head down, and setting up third or second manageable and third manageable for Ritter in that passing game that was on fire. There's no doubt. And and how they played was, was honestly a key to the offense because if you didn't have – we talked about this on Friday. You needed that running game. You needed the running – you know them to take care of business and that set up the play action passes that Ritter had and he was on fire with play action passes all all day long yep. so um yeah I was really impressed with Algier um especially Bijan I mean being able I swear it seemed like Willie Anderson was in the backfield more than uh <laughs> any of the Falcons players were um and and the kid's impressive you know there's a reason that the texans took him number three overall but um 
Yeah, it was. I, I appreciated and, and loved seeing Bijan and Algier doing that because this was the first time I've seen them live. I haven't like the last four weeks I've had I've had some kind of baseball going on on Sunday. So this is the first time I've seen them live. Now you get your phone. Just flip it on your phone. No, just yeah. yeah. Uh, London and Pitts were targeted, and the game plan was to get it to them as much as possible, it seemed. 13 receptions on 20 targets for 165 yards. That's exactly what the doctor ordered. Still no tutties for either one. Uh, but the fact that it looked like they went into the game with a game plan to target Pitts and London as much as possible, that's something we've been complaining about on this podcast since the season started. The fact that uh, John no Smith was your number one wide receiver going into this game. Yeah, them targeting Pitts in London, it's just a recipe for success. Yeah, and if I'm a fantasy owner, I am looking at Johnny Smith um, this week. I mean, at the very worst, how many how many catches did he have this week? Uh, he was right under there. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was. Hold on, I'll look it up. But he was right under um, London and Pitts. I, I'm pretty sure uh, he had six receptions for uh, 67 yards. He was targeted seven times. I, he's still, yeah. I believe, he's still the leading receiver for the Falcons. Yeah, he's. He's been really good. Um, but, yeah, man, the offense played very well. The defense, I was really impressed with, man. Honestly, the defense. I saw something that the Falcons have only allowed three points in the fourth quarter all season long. That's pretty amazing. Three points. And Desmond Ritter moves to 5-0 and at home. He's never lost at home. Perfect 5-0. That's and just o. insane. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Uh, the secondary for the Falcons was fantastic, holding Strad to under 250 yards passing. Only one tutty while getting no sacks, uh, but he never looked comfy in the pocket. So a great all-around victory for the Atlanta Falcons. Offensively, defensively, kicking game, you know, all three phases of the game. The Falcons, they didn't dominate Texas uh, or the Texans, but they, they that was probably one of the best four quarter games I've seen the Falcons play maybe all season against a very good opponent against an opponent that came in very hot. Yeah. And shout out to young Waiku for making the game winning field goal, because that that's always a nervous thing for me. You know, even where the Falcons were driving and driving and driving, and they finally just took a knee at the 23 yard line or whatever that made, that still made me nervous because I, dude, you're, you're leaving it up to a kicker, you know, and sometimes kickers miss and how crappy would it have been to have made it had that drive go all the way down to the inside the you know the 25 yard line and to be have a kicker miss but i shout out to young waiku for making the game winning field goal yeah he's one of those it wouldn't it wouldn't concern me at all that guy is that guy is automatic young waiku there's a there's a reason he was one of the highest paid players in the on the Falcons team last year. Young Waiku is uh he's really good. Yeah. He's one he's very, very clutch. Uh UGA beats Kentucky fifty one to thirteen. UGA never let Kentucky think that they were in the game, man. Going into halftime up thirty four to seven. And that's what's good that's what good teams do. They come out and they starch teams early and that's exactly what Georgia did. Carson Beck, twenty eight for thirty five, three hundred and eighty nine yards, four tutties, one interception. Kendall Milton and uh, Edwards combined for hundred and one yards on seventeen carries and one tud. Brock Bowers, he did Brock Bowers things. He had seven receptions for 132 yards in a tutty. UK, UK could never get the run game going. That was supposed to be so good. That's all we heard about going into this game is how the Kentucky Wildcats rushing attack was uh, so great and phenomenal. They were going to be able to control the clock and control the game with it. Georgia allowed 55 yards rushing all game from the vaunted uh, Kentucky defense. And UGA, for the first time this year, in my opinion, looked like the number one team in the nation. 
So let me let me get this straight. Let me go back to Friday. I I said keys to the game. Stop the run. Uh, check. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, take advantage of your offensive possessions and get six. Yep. Uh, check. And make it loud. Athens was loud that day, and they looked good. So yeah, congratulations to Georgia. That was a that was a really good win. That's a really good SEC win. Um, they've still got. It's not going to be easy. The way that Georgia's played outside of of last week against UK, it's still not going to be easy the rest of the way. They've still got teams like Florida, that like Tennessee, that Georgia's a far superior team than than all of the rest of the SEC. They shouldn't they shouldn't have any issues. But I, I'm just always cautious about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And you should be like it's Georgia, Florida. It's a big rivalry game. Uh, Florida, Florida is obviously not up to the the snuff that Georgia is, but they're good. Old Miss is Old Misses look good this year. I think Old Miss is a very underrated team. Um, oh, honestly, Georgia, Old Miss when they play each other later in the season, both of those teams are probably going to be top ten and could possibly be top five. Old Miss and Georgia could both possibly be ranked inside the top five um, at the end of the season. But yeah, good job on Georgia, man. I, like you said. They, I don't, I don't know what the stat was, but I feel like they scored on just about every single possession they had. I mean, first possession touchdown, second touchdown, third touchdown, fourth field goal, fifth touchdown, sixth and a half. So they scored. They didn't punt. They didn't punt a single time in the first half. Every single possession ended in points, other than the one that ended in uh, ended at halftime. And you look over to the second half or the second quarter, excuse, uh, uh, and that did the exact same thing in the second half. Like it was. Uh, touchdown, touchdown, punt and touchdown. Like it, they yes. did a, they did a great job of capitalizing on every offense possession they had. Um, they kept UK's rushing attack from ever getting going. And you know, I said the Falcons. This is the first time we've seen them put together a four four quarter game. This is the first time I've seen UGA put together a four quarter game where they looked like the number one team in the nation for all four quarters and all three at, uh, facets of the game. So a great victory by by Georgia and SEC and uh, they get a week off. No, they play uh they play Vandy this week. I think I think they play Vandy. Get a week off. Yeah. So essentially, yeah, a week off. They get a uh, they get a week off. Billy, let's move on. Our to, power rankings. Our power rankings tomorrow are going to look a lot different. They a will lot look. They're going to different. look vastly different from what they looked like last week. <laughs> vastly, vastly different. Uh, Billy, let's move on to the one dark spot from the Do past. We have to, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, um, the Braves fall to the Phillies three to nothing in Game One. In in one of the most frustrating games I think I've watched Atlanta play this year. Uh, they did their best 1998 Braves impression out there on the field. Phillies stole five bases on us and scored on a catcher's interference. Uh, a lot, a lot of the stolen bases were Strider not checking the runner well. But damn yeah. it, giving up a run because of a catcher's interference is infuriating. Like that is, I don't know. I and I'm still kind of up in the air on whether or not that was a catcher's interference. Murph said it I was. Heard, and the video from the I, top, you can see it move. Oh, okay. Yeah. I haven't seen the video from yeah. the top. I, uh, God, it was. That's that's frustrating. It's it's a long it's a long day, and what they did, man, just didn't look like the Braves were in it. At like all. the offense just looked like absolute dog crap. 
Um, and I know you've got a question about the lineup coming up a little bit later, but stupid. Um, I, I listen. I, I can't. I can't go through this segment without using the bleep button. So I apologize, and it's going to come. What the f- was Snit thinking? How fucking stupid <laughs> do you have to be? We go through an entire fucking season where one of the greatest offenses ever assembled on a baseball field, and this dumbass before the game wants to change everything up. What are, what are you doing? And why are you taking... Listen, I'm just going to skip through all these notes we have. Why are you taking Snit out in the seventh? I'd be pissed off, too, if I was Snit. And I remember we were watching the sissies, and they are like, oh, that, that, look, that looks good. On, that looks bad on, on, on Strider you know, to do that to your coach. Strider's out there getting paid millions of dollars to do what he's supposed to do. This dumbass in the in the locker room needs to shut the hell up and sit down and let Strider do what he's supposed to do. Strider's getting paid millions of dollars. Rick Kranitz is not. Like, let Strider do what he's supposed to do. Let him go out there and cook. Like, it, 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 that. there was no energy in the entire building, and I'm going to criticize every single fan that was in the building as well. The fact that y'all were silent for literally nine innings of that game, that's embarrassing. After that first hit from the first inning, they were quiet. That stadium was quiet. Absolutely embarrassing. The energy that the Braves came out with or the lack of energy that the Braves came out with was horrible. The lineup was stupid. Uh, and, and, and the energy in that building was embarrassing. It was absolutely embarrassing. It sounded like we had a bunch of rich, spoiled, bratty kids in in the stands that didn't want to cheer for a team that was down and obviously needed some energy to come from somewhere. Yeah, that was that would that might be the single worst overall performance when it comes from the Braves that I've seen in a long time. When it comes from atmosphere and and the lineup going into it and the energy at the game and they weren't they weren't in it. Their heads were not in it. Five stolen bases? How is that even possible? How do you not check the runner at one point? I mean, it's just how many millions of dollars do we pay these guys and they can't check a runner? They can't throw someone out. Now the one throw that uh that um uh, Murph did Murphy. make at second. That was that was a beautiful, beautiful strike to get. I forget who was trying to steal, but um, that was I think a strike. He was real Muto. That's what I was thinking. I was, I was thinking it was catcher to catcher. Um, that was a strike. That was a strike to second base. But I, I don't. I'm sorry. It was a it was a embarrassment what the what the Braves did Saturday night. That was that was one of the most embarrassing performances I've seen out of the Braves all year, and arguably in a couple years. That was that was horrible. Yeah, I'm, I was just going to let that one cook for a second. It's just, allow, allow people to listen to that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And th- th- um, th- th- this is this you're is not why... wrong. Look, it, it, you're not wrong. The fact that he changed up the lineup, which I don't know why. Why why change up the lineup that's been working, right? Um, Strider has been pitching, had been pitching well. I don't know how many how many pitches did he have going when he got pulled. Uh, good question. I can pull it up because obviously that takes into a, a larger. Of, it, it didn't. You know, it didn't feel like a lot. But once again, I was watching the game at Sissy, so uh, like I wasn't, you know, um, ninety four. So he was up there. Okay, I mean, I get there. Yeah, I get that. Ninety four through seven. That's not terrible. No, that's um, really good, especially for Strider. That, that's really, yeah, that's yeah. really good for Strider. Yeah. Um, look, he he had the he had the one mistake pitch that he gave up against uh, against Harper. It, um, Harper, probably a future Hall, Hall of Famer. Like, and it was a solo yeah. shot. It is what it is. I'm not going to be mad at him for that. Yeah, it's it's the hardest hit ball he's given up all year. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. Um, so it, it's one of those things that the baseball purist in me is like, all right, let's let's forget about this one. It sucked. Let's move on. And uh, we've got Max Freed on the bump tonight. And that's that's what I'm focusing on. 
hopefully we'll go back to our same freaking lineup that we've we've thrown out there 162 out of 162 games stupid man and you know i i get why you had pilar in there um but i you know he really changed rosie in there really quick as soon as they got the lefty out of there um but rosie's rosie's clutch man i mean he's absolutely clutch he's he's proven it multiple times um you should have had acuna albies riley olsen like it's been all year like it's been all year all season long i just i mean you don't like you don't you know back back when back when edron james and and peyton manning and uh Crap, who was the good wide receiver that played in that, that little threesome there? But like Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison, yeah. Like, you know, Edron James, Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison. When the playoffs start, they didn't move Edron James to wide receiver and Marvin Harrison to running back. Like, I know that's what we did here, but like, why are you 162 games and we've been compared to Murderer's Row, one of the greatest offenses to ever don the baseball field? And we're like, it's the start of the playoffs. Let's go ahead and change everything. Bah! It's still the same damn game. It's baseball. Uh, you just can't overthink it's stuff. Just over, playoffs, man. It's overthinking. It is, and, and that's what it is. It's 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 so frustrating. It's in and, and if we set if we had the same lineup, who knows? Maybe we don't score any points either. Maybe we don't score any runs either with the same lineup we've had 162. But it wouldn't be an issue. We wouldn't come in here today and point at this and say, "Why the hell did Snicker do this?" It wouldn't be a big issue. We'd say, "Yeah, we didn't hit. That happens." Um, I've seen a lot of people complain about the fact that you know the Braves had six days off in between, and that shouldn't happen. Um, baseball players are creatures of habit, and they should be playing every single day. But you know, yeah. it is what it is. It's detrimental. So, it it one thousand percent is detrimental. Look what happened to the Dodgers. These that, that six days off, it does not help. The only thing it helps is our pitching, but our but our hitting does not help it. I'm telling you this. The wild card round that the MLB has cooked up is one of the most detrimental things to top seeded teams that they have ever done in the MLB playoffs. By the way, is Texas up 2-0 right now? Holy crap. Uh, I have no idea. Over Baltimore, I think. Uh, That's insane. Anyway. Um, yeah, so uh, they looked horrible. They looked absolutely horrible. 3 nothing loss on Saturday. Uh, Braves left seven men on base, went 0-5 with runners in scoring position. Uh, and we, we go back out there tonight. Uh, if we lose tonight, the series is over. Uh, season's over. Oh, it's not. Yes, it Stop. is. Wrap it up. Stop it. This is why we, this is why we shouldn't it. celebrate mediocrity. This is why we shouldn't celebrate mediocrity. If I was Brian Snicker, there is no way I would allow any celebration in the locker room after we won the NL East. Zero celebration. You won nothing. You accomplished nothing. Nobody cares. If you don't win the World Series, this year is a failure. I, there is no way I would have allowed anybody to celebrate in that locker room after winning the NL East. Not a single damn bottle of beer would have been drank. Nothing. That's the celebrate the, the the celebration of mediocrity in baseball is mind blowing, and it needs to be fixed because nobody nobody gives a shit if you win the NL East. I, nobody cares. That's not that's not the ceiling anymore. That's like that's like UGA winning the SEC. Nobody cares anymore. Win the national title. Win the World Series. Do what you're supposed to be doing. It's just it, it's frustrating to sit there and and watch you know seventy five months of baseball, and then it comes down to five games it's absurd let's get to the marine south scoreboard from friday night's football bowden beats forest part 63 to 14 um this game was over early um it was just done so kudos to bowden bowden has 
opens up region play this this coming Friday night against Christian Heritage at home. Uh, Bremen beat Lafayette 34 to 28 in double overtime, scored the touchdown, then got a game ceiling interception to to win it, Bryce. And I don't know if you saw the ending of this. Yeah, I did. After the interception, the kid starts running it back, and their own <laughs> his own teammate tackled him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I watched uh, I watched the replay of this on WBHS on our way home from Crawford County. Uh, dude, Tim Ericueza does such a great job <laughs> with all that brand coverage, dude. It's so nice. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I, uh, Casey, I, I listened. Oh, excuse me. I listened to, or I watched the uh, overtime in on uh, WBHS, and I gave the uh, play-by-play to Casey as he was driving back from Crawford County. Uh, Carol Sabides, Coweta, 56-24. Central beat Sonorable, 45-35. Rockmart beat Harrelson County, 48-6. Heard County, which is the game you saw, beat Crawford County, 56-22. And then Mount Vernon beat Mount Zion, 42-17. And that was your uh, Marine South scoreboard on on Friday for football. Over the weekend, Bremen beat Trinity Christian twelve to three, Ola three to two, and Cairo eight to four, and lost to Northside four to one in softball. Carrollton beat Columbus nine to six and ten, and Lagrange ten to nothing. Central fell to River Ridge three to nothing. On the Smith floor, covering games and events calendar, Bowden should be facing off against Tryon this afternoon, and then tonight, game two. Braves, Phillies. Uh, this should be. It's a must win. If it's it, a must win. Thousand percent point. is yes. Thousand percent is Billy. Yep. Yep. Uh, don't forget. Uh, what was the score of the United game on Saturday? Uh, one one. Friday? I think. I think they drew one one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. United's they've clinched the playoff slot, right? So yes. we're we're in. Yes. Uh, they are in. Um, and I think they are still. There's still a possibility we could host a playoff game um i can bring that up for you real quick i think there's still a possibility that we could host a playoff game right now we're one two three four five six we're sixth in the standings uh four points away from hosting a playoff spot and we have oh no we're out uh we only have one we only have one uh, regular season game left so we will not we will not be hosting we will be on the road um but we are in the playoffs hey let's go let's go win it yep uh, Billy, Billy, you need another cup of coffee? Do I ever, brother? Uh, yeah, I need I need another one. I forgot to, I forgot to pre-make my coffee, so I haven't had any coffee this morning. Uh, I need a cup of coffee. Uh, another cup of coffee brought to you by Realtor Hannah Strong or Robert Goolsby Real Estate Group. The Vikings are unsure if Justin uh, Justin Jefferson's status after his injury. Of course, they are. You know, after that was a tough injury there for for him. It's the ankle, right? Yep. Um, and. Uh, as a fantasy football owner of Justin Jefferson, that sucks. Um, you know what? But they've, he's been the stir that has, or he's been the, the straw that has stirred that drink um, for the offense for Minnesota. And it, if they don't have him, it doesn't go anywhere. So this is going to be really interesting to see what Minnesota does the rest of the way. If, if he's out for a considerable time. Yeah, Justin Jefferson hasn't missed a game since the Vikings made him the first round pick uh, in 2020. Uh, and he, he doesn't yeah. miss many snaps either. Uh, so Kevin O'Connell said, we'll get him back as soon as we possibly can. There won't be a better teammate in that locker room during that time he is out. Hopefully we have him right back this week. So that would be that'd be pretty big if they got him back this week. I, I think that's a one or two week injury 
Um, but we'll see. Hopefully, Justin Jefferson comes back quick. A guy's, oh, a guy's too oh, no, it wasn't an ankle. It was, it was a hamstring. That's what it was. Oh, I thought it was an ankle. That's what it was. No, I think it's a hamstring. For who him. am I? Oh, oh, but okay. Who am I thinking of? There's another one that was an ankle. Yeah. Um, there were there were like four injuries yesterday that kind of stood out, and I can't remember them now off the top of my head. Was it Kelsey that injured yeah. injured his uh, ankle? Yes, that's what it was. Uh, what it was? Kelsey had the yeah. injury. Yep. A lot of, yeah, right ankle. A lot of, lot of people got injured yesterday. Um, Colts running back Jonathan Taylor says his new deal is a win for all NFL quarterbacks. Yeah. Three years, running 42 back. million. Yeah, yeah, running back. Sorry. Uh, three years, <laughs> three years, 42 million for Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Good good for JTT. Yeah. Well, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. And, and uh, good for him. Good for the Indy. Uh, they're going to need him, considering that uh, Anthony Richardson went out yesterday yeah. too. So. AC joint, I think, on Anthony Richardson is what that is. Everybody, everybody's getting injured, dude. Everybody's getting knocked around. Uh, there's no way I would pay a, a running back forty-two million dollars. Absolutely not. Not in the NFL. No way. I'll find somebody else to do it. That's that's an insane amount of money uh, for a for a position that is important, but it's not important who the who plays it. You know what I mean? You just need a production out of it. <laughs> Uh, Dodgers Clayton Kershaw pulled after allowing six runs in the first inning. He went a third of an inning. Yep. A third of an inning and allowed six runs. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what happens. Sometimes, I mean, that's that's baseball. And you know what? Dodgers are a good team. They they had the same layoff as the Braves. So, I look, it's, it's going to happen. And let's just hopefully hope game two is going to be a lot better for, for the Braves. And I, I don't care if the game two is better for the time. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, <laughs> to hell with them. Yeah, Kershaw went a third of an inning, gave up six hits, six earned runs, walked one, gave up one home run. His ERA for the playoffs, Billy, right now, 162. Oh, yeah, that's that seems about right. <laughs> uh, Mario Cristobal is not making any excuses after the late game gaffe. What the hell <laughs> happened? <laughs> Georgia Tech didn't need to win that game. They didn't. They didn't deserve to win that game. What the hell? <laughs> like, I don't care if there's Tech people listening to me. Miami should have blown Tech out. That was awful. What? What the hell? <laughs> I, look, I had already lost my parlay early on, and I was already pissed off on Saturday. Thankfully, Ohio State, you know, helped me out there oh, in the second what half. What were they doing? Just. To, Dude, they won in the second half. That's all that matters. What to were me. they doing? That was awful. Oh god, that was, anyway, that was terrible. Um, you know, my parlay screwed up because I I picked LS, or LSU to, well, no, I picked Missouri to cover four now and that, a half. Your parlay was hitting the entire time on that game, and just because of a pick, I know. a pick six to end it, like it wasn't it, it wasn't like you know that was that was that bad of a pick. Your parlay was hitting almost the entire night. I won. I, I had the Alabama pick right, and then so I was like, I was feeling pretty decent about my picks, even though that I missed that that first one. But we get to Georgia Tech and in Miami, and I look and like halfway through, and it's nothing, nothing, and I'm like, what the hell is going on, Miami? What are we doing? So I flipped it over and I started watching it a little bit. And and thankfully, you know, I got to hear Wes Drewham, Drewham. Um, on, on the call on the ACC network. That was that was good to hear him call it a tech game again. Because you remember, he used to be the voice of the te- of the Yellow Jackets for no, a little bit. No, I, I didn't know that because nobody listens to Georgia Tech football. <laughs> it's 
<laughs> of course, I didn't know that. Who the hell would um, know that other than three people? But no, that, that game was just absolutely stupid. I mean, just stupid. Is I it, know tech fans are thrilled because they got a dub, but that game was done. Is that the worst coached ending to a ball game you've ever seen? I can't say yes or no because that that is it's it's a dumb ending, but I don't know, man. It's the it's the that's I, just, I I'll go I'll go on record and say that's the worst coached ending to a football game I've ever seen in my entire life. You could not have mishandled that situation more. You, literally impossible. Literally impossible to mishandle that situation more. Well, I, I'd say I'd say there's another one, but I was in the Super Bowl versus the Patriots. Yeah, that. but that was Run a... the damn ball. That was a... Yeah, yeah. In, in that situation, the Falcons should have ran the ball. In this situation, Miami should not have ran the ball. Um, I mean, just... Uh, yeah, uh, that was... That ending was hilarious. So stupid. Uh, Billy, and today in 1991, the San Jose Sharks beat the Calgary Flames for their first ever NHL win, 4-2-3. Good for the Sharks. No bad for the Flames. Yep. The former Atlanta Flames. And speaking of, uh, speaking of hockey, man, not long. Not long. Tomorrow. Ho- hockey season Tomorrow's stocks. opening night. Woo-hoo-hoo. Do, uh, do the, do the uh, Blackhawks play tomorrow night? Yep. Nice. Who do they play? Who do they got? Uh, we got the Penguins. Oh, oh, open up with Sid the Kid, and I'm sure there's other people to play for Pittsburgh. Kenny Malkin, and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, <laughs> the this team's not going to do my team's not going to do well this year. Hey, me either. Uh, Connor Bedard, Connor Bedard adds a, an extra little bit to it, but you know what? It, it'll be fun to watch the kid grow this year. That'll be fun. That'll be the extent of my fun. I don't know what bright spot we have in the CBJ, but um, I'm sure I'll find it out uh, a couple weeks into the season. So we'll see. But for Billy Lindahl, I am Bryce Sparling. Don't forget to tune in and watch the Braves tonight and cheer your heart out. If you are at the game, please be loud the entire time. The entire time. The entire game. I need the chop going. I need to hear you all through my speakers. Don't sit on your hands and act like the trust fund babies that 90% of the people at the Brave Stadium are uh, now. So for uh, for Billy Lindahl, I'm Bryce Sparling. We will see you tomorrow morning on the morning five. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbor. Just shake them. Shake your neighbor.